This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Today, we will continue with part two of my childhood memories, both of playing sports and watching sports. My sports interest peaked in 1970, thanks partly to my second grade teacher, Miss Macia. Born and raised in Wisconsin, she was a big sports fan and a Milwaukee Bucks and a Green Bay Packers fan. One day in class, as part of a history lesson, she showed us an 8mm film of the 1967 NFL title game. It was the first time that I had seen the complete game. It was dubbed the Ice Bowl because of its minus 16 degree temperatures. I was mesmerized and I dissected every play, understanding it for the first time. I thanked her for showing it and we talked about sports for the remainder of the school year. She'll always be my favorite teacher. Then I started reading sports books and magazines and watching all the games on television. I watched all the football shows that were on TV at the time. This is the NFL. This Week in Pro Football. The NFL Game of the Week. NFL Films with Ed and Steve Sable. I was like an encyclopedia on NFL football. I knew every player, every statistic, every score, and every team's record and history. Our parents were good about letting me and my brother stay up late to watch sporting events, especially Monday night football. My father would watch it with us most of the time. He would usually send us up to our bedroom at halftime. We always looked forward to halftime because they would show highlights of the previous day's games. There wasn't 24-hour news coverage or ESPN back then, so Monday Night Football might be your only chance to see those highlights. We would watch the rest of the game on our little black and white TV. There were two rules though. Number one, keep the volume and noise level down. Number two, when the alarm goes off to get up for school, you had better be up. We always did get up because we knew if we didn't, that would be the end of Monday Night Football. When we weren't playing in our Little League games, we played a lot of wiffle ball, and in the autumn, we'd play football, tackle if we had enough players. The only equipment we had was a helmet, which was usually a birthday or Christmas present. We'd find an open field and play until whoever owned the property would chase us away. Sometimes they would let us stay. If not, we'd just find another spot to play. If we didn't have enough players for tackle, we'd play touch football out on the street. There wasn't any sense of running the ball in touch football, so every play was a pass. There wasn't anyone to pass block, so you would have to count five Mississippi before you could rush the quarterback. Play calling was limited. Joe, you run a down and out and I'll hit you in front of Mr. Johnson's Chevy. 
Bill, you run a curl route and I'll hit you in front of the manhole cover. Another exciting time for my friends and me was buying and trading sports cards. We'd scrounge whatever loose change we could get our hands on and hop on our bikes to race over to the local mom and pop store. Sports cards weren't available 365 days a year like they are now. Baseball cards usually came out in March, and football cards came out in August. You never knew what day they were coming out. We would drive around on our bikes, going from one store to the next, until we finally found some. We couldn't wait to open them. We'd sit on the curb and tear into the packs, the sweet smell of the bubblegum stick wafting through the air. We'd compete to see who could blow the biggest bubble. The gum was delicious, until it completely lost its taste, about a minute later. Then the trading would begin. You would immediately offer it as trade bait if you got a double of the same card. Sometimes the trading could get pretty intense, but some kids would use their doubles to put in the spokes of their bicycle wheels with their mother's clothespins to make a cool motor-like noise. This practice was usually met with a tongue lashing from the mother, not because she cared about your silly cards, but because her clothespins were missing when she needed to use the clothesline. Okay, that will conclude part two. We will have part three next week. Tune in again. Until then, take care and God bless. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.